Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, joined by my co-host, Father David Tickerhoof. Before we start into today's discussion, um, continuation on this series of the seven capital sins and the seven cardinal virtues. Today, we're going to be discussing lust and chastity. And before we start that, just want to remind you, we have our books available on Amazon, Father David's book, Evangelizing Catholic Culture, and my books, More Than Words, The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma and Fearless Abundant Life Through Infinite Love, which is like a spiritual workbook for you. So um, also, if you want to get in touch with us, please check out sacredhearthealingministries.com for intensive trauma therapy, for parish and diocesan healing workshops, missions, um, human and spiritual integration workshops, all sorts of things. And you can always email me at margaret at sacredhearthealingministries.com. We welcome your interaction and feedback. Father David, this is a big topic today. Yes, it certainly is a big topic today. It's for today, not just today, that the topic we're discussing, but for today, right? It's a big topic yeah. for today. It seems like no matter where we turn, like we're really kind of bombarded with lust, billboards and commercials and things on the internet and um, lyrics to songs. We're just kind of bombarded with impure messages. It's it's a culture that has developed through uh, opening the doors wide to secular humanism, which is not just a, a, a philosophy, but people have treated it as a religion and they've accepted, accepted it as a value system. Then that opens the door to see all these aberrations that go on and all the difficulties and things that happen because we've moved away from the grace of the covenant and the grace of the word of God and we're no longer following that. And so then these things take a real predominance in our lives, and it, it leads us to, at first it seems good, but then what happens, we end up in a very bad place. Yeah, very bad place. And it, it, basically, slavery. Yeah. Basically, slavery, right? Yep. Yeah. Nope. So I was just thinking about that, actually, yesterday as I was I was out for a walk in the cemetery. I like, I like walking in the cemetery because I feel like it's one of the most honest places you can go, you know? And I was walking in the cemetery and I was thinking about how committed God is to our freedom. You know, he, he made us, gave us free will. And even when we blew it, he came to do what? To set us free, not to, not to draft us and be like, okay, this is what you have to do because we tried it once with you having freedom and it didn't work out well. No, he came in order that we be set what free again, right? Yes, and yeah. so, um, his commitment to our freedom. And so, 
I think a lot of times before we've made all the mistakes ourselves, we can look at the limitations of morality and, and feel like they're, they're just that, that they're limitations or that they're somehow constraining us. And yet what they really are is God's prescription for freedom. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and boy, if there's a, if there's anywhere we see that so clearly, it's exactly in the issues of lust and chastity. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, I, as you know, just kind of a jumping off place. You want to, you want to share that scripture that you had that scripture from Ephesians. I closed the book on it, but I have it. Ephesians five, three. Yeah. I have it it here. I'll share this. Yeah. Okay. Ephesians five, three and have nothing to do with sexual immorality, lust, or greed for you are his holy ones and let no one be able to accuse you of them in any form. And I know the translation that you were looking at, it it used the word impurity interchangeably with lust, Mm -hmm. right? So that kind of... It's a very, very close translation. Yeah. Yeah. So, So it's definitely, I mean, boy, they're just kind of innumerable citations we could go to, but that's a, that's a perfect scripture to use this throughout scripture talking, you know, especially throughout um, Paul's epistles, you just think over and over and over of all of the specifics he goes into of, um, how not to be involved in impure things. It's, it's like uh, when, when, a, when a person experiences lust and gives into that feeling inside, at first it looks like some fulfillment of all desire, but it, and it ends up blinding the person to see the value of what it really means to be moral and pure and open. And it just kind of like slides the door shut to the, the divine intimacy and the grace of love and true love and real morality, which is liberating and freeing. And it, it puts a person, it just like takes a, 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 some sort of tape and wraps it around the person and they they don't even see clear anymore. They can't relate anymore. It affects relationships. It brings a negative uh, destruction in healthy, love-filled, grace-filled relationships about what really good, healthy sexuality is all about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just that that bondage that, and it's self perpetuating, right? There's nothing about chastity that's that's in and of itself self perpetuating. The grace that comes from it can can strengthen us for it to be self perpetuating. But it's but no one would argue that chastity is a bondage, right? Yeah, and yet no. lust very much becomes that. It's where your uh, where our our scope of opportunity. Um, and real options and freedom becomes just that much more limited, 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 limited until there's compulsion, right? And addiction even, and that kind of thing. It it blinds the spiritual eye to see, and the eyes do not see anymore. They're blinded by an an inordinate, disordered desire for filling an intimacy that is uh, strong in us. And when it's given into in a negative way, and in a sinful way in relating to others, it blocks genuine love 
It blocks healthy involvement in care and affection and in recognizing the authenticity of the other person. It just kind of does a, a devastation in its subtle and Satan uses it so effectively in our culture today to really, in a sense, where people end up okaying something that is leading them to self-destruction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and what when you started off by saying it's a that lust is a, a misperception, I guess you'd say, of like the it looks initially like it's going to offer you intimacy, and yet that's exactly what it blocks is the ability yeah. for true intimacy. It's Least, just like yeah. Satan, right? It's just like yeah. the, how insidious and deceptive he is. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this apple is like <laughs> this fruit <laughs> of this tree is exactly what you need. No, it's exactly yeah. what we didn't need, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I just, so, I just on, on that idea of the bondage of it, uh, I, I may have shared this with you before I'll, for the sake of our listeners. I'll, I'll restate it. This was an, and this can be found on YouTube. Um, it was Ted Bundy, the serial killer. It was actually, yeah, right. I remember that. Mm. Yeah. His last interview he gave, everybody was clamoring for his last, last interview before he was executed. He, he was a serial killer for our very young listeners, a serial killer. I think back in the 1970s, I think it was. Yeah. He was an attorney, um, or at least a law school student, and he was very kind of suave and, um, you know, good enough looking guy and like a smooth talker. And he would get women in um, into his car, and then he would end up just victim after victim after victim who, who he murdered. And so um, something like I want to say between twenty and thirty different ones at least that that he admitted to. So um, when it came time for his execution, uh, Dr. James Dobson, who has uh, a focus on the family, he was the only one he was willing to give an interview to. NBC, CBS, ABC, everybody was clamoring for an interview with him, and he refused everybody else. And, you know, Dr. James Dobson's like, you know, obviously Christian, very outspoken. And that's why he picked... Dr. James James Dobson to give the interview to is because he felt like Dr. Dobson wouldn't alter his message, right? And what his message was was how bad pornography and essentially the lust that that came from pornography, how bad and devastating, obviously that was to his life, and then not just his life, but all of his victims and their families, and you know, spiraling out from there, um, and. This, as the story goes that he shares, he and his brother, and he wasn't doing this. He wasn't sharing this story in a plea for clemency or something. He wasn't. He knew he was going to be executed. There was there was no, you know, please let me off the hook kind of thing. Um, but he shares that he and his brother, I believe it was, were walking through their neighborhood. And on the back street, um, a man had put out pornographic magazines by the garbage can. It was garbage day. And being little boys, they stopped to, you know, what's this pile of stuff? And they start looking through it and he got addicted to pornography. And then he, he said that like the addiction to pornography is what ended up, it got more and more intense that he had to, he had to take the person, he had to take them and he had to have them 
right? And so then the pictures weren't enough. This Then this had to be translated into real live human beings and having them sexually wasn't enough. He said, he said pornography or lust, you would say, that comes from that or that drives that or both taken to its nth degree is murder because it's like it leads to that complete objectification of the other person for self-gratification as he was describing it. So it was very interesting just to hear him talking about it, particularly somebody who, um, who had lived such a, you know, such a criminal life and such a terribly disordered and deceptive life. And yet what he really wanted to do was to get the message out about this bondage that he had been slave to, you know? And so, um, so I, I was just always struck by that. And I think it speaks right to the heart of lust, how there's like, initially there's this attraction and then, but because of the disordered nature of it and particularly seen in contrast to chastity, how it's about taking instead of about giving, you know, and how that leads to, to greater and greater and greater bondage. And yeah. Um, yeah. And it's taking in an inordinate way that's destructive to the other person as well as the person that is exercising the lust. Yeah. Right. Whereas chastity is about giving, even if it's yeah. about, you know, obviously there, there can be different expressions of chastity according to one state in life. Right. So you as a, as a, a celibate priest, me as a single person who's not married. Right. We, we know like for us, chastity is like complete. Like there's not, it's not keeping um, the physical gift of sexuality for one person that's what it would be like in marriage right for that one right. person that i'm in a vowed relationship with for my husband or my wife but um so it's so there are different expressions of chastity according to our our state in the life state in life yeah but they're all but they're all ordered towards giving right when absolutely we're, yeah like as a as a celibate priest and for i know when when i was being formed for religious life like the whole point is is not about withholding. It's about it's about giving. giving. Yeah, it's so, genuinely see. And this is what the virtue of chastity is so filled with the power of of uh, the, the God's love, and it's God's love as it penetrates a human personality, and then it, it, from the being at the center of a human personality, that personality relates to others. And then it's a giving and a reaching out with authentic love that is transforming and makes a person really uh, much more healthy person of who they are as God created them to be. And uh, as they are a person in relationship with other, and then there's their gift of self to other is sacrificial. And it's a gift of giving themselves in love that is not in inverted sexual disordered uh, 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 compulsive destruction, but it's in an openness and a care and a fondness and an understanding of what it means to relate to another person that leads us to connection. And that connection leads us then to the expression of love as mercy and as self-giving and it's called in a virtue when it becomes a power, it's called chastity. That's wonderful. 
That's wonderful. Yeah, that's so perfect. I mean, to, to go back and tie it to connection, because that's exactly why we're doing this virtue vice series, right? Is to yeah. distinguish it from me working on this myself, but it's that we get the, um, we're empowered to live this life because of our connection to the Lord, right? It's, it's him being the satisfaction for all my needs and desires and, and orienting my needs and desires for, for real intimacy being known in that, in that deep sort of way, ordering that towards the Lord, orienting that towards the Lord, instead of um, diminishing it to a purely physical expression or experience and ordering it towards a person you know see and when that connections with the lord then then the person connected to the lord feels and experiences the positive dimension of genuine love and affection and then when they're connected to the lord then the, the lord's grace moves them to understand the value of another person and then how they then take what they've received from the Lord and what they've accepted from the Lord and how it has changed them in a beautiful way. And they're willing to give it give it out to uh, another person. And then you see the beautiful bond of the various types of appropriate relationships that is rooted in genuine love, which is really created love and is really human love. And it, and it, it brings connection and brings, uh, instead of disconnection, destruction of the evil and darkness and uh, all the negative stuff that goes on when it's disordered, you have a beautiful relationship that develops the way the Lord meant human beings to relate to one another with connection, with intimacy, and with the fruit of what it means to live a virtue, a power of, of chastity. Yeah. And just so to be specific, maybe about some of the ways that it um, furthers our ability to connect is that one, just talking about boundaries, like we're, we're able to, um, by living in chastity, we're respecting the other person's boundaries. Exactly. Right? Well, we want to go with that boundary. That boundaries is essential to really good chastity. There's no question. That, and not just the and not just the other person's boundaries, because maybe, you know, in, I don't know if you would be aware of this, but in culture these days, it's called hookup culture, right? So it's basically like one night stand, what used yeah. to be called one night stand. It's hookup. So it's like, okay, well, if this person is consenting to having an impure relationship with me for this limited amount of time, you know, one night or one whatever, um, and I'm consenting, then there's no problem with it. That's how it's seen. That's referred yeah. to as hooking up, right? Yeah, um, that's right. And yet there's there's a bigger boundary than just my boundary or this other person's boundary, and that's God's boundaries Absolutely. around us, right? Yeah. So, um, which is which goes beyond, like, because what does it say in, in Scripture? Again, Paul says, like, you're not your own, <laughs> right? And yet a lot of times people can tend to operate as though they well, are be belonging when we're chosen we're chosen by god and we have a deep sense of belonging we're no longer our own isolated self no no we are connected to god and we belong to him he's created us he loves us that he showed us the value of love and we experience that 
And then we re reach out to others with that same grace of connection. And he paid, and, he, he paid a really high price for us too. <laughs> we were purchased, a, you know? Like, yeah. Like uh, sacrificing his life. Right. So we imitate that sacrifice in, in the little ways in which we develop an authentic and healthy boundary centered. So we know, you know, that you might uh, help us out a little bit here with that boundary thing. What, what, how do you know what, what's a boundary and what isn't a boundary and what, what is a boundary and describe what a boundary is? Well, there's the boundaries that we set for each other where we say, I'm okay with with this or I'm not, but then there's the bigger boundaries that the Lord has set for us where he says, I'm okay with this or I'm not. Right. Yeah. And so How about the boundary being where I stop and you start. Yeah. That's my typical, that's my typical definition. That's very good. Why don't you say something about that? You know? <laughs> well, I think particularly we have to look at because we're body, mind, and spirit, we get boundaries and in all three of those areas there there's, physical boundaries, there's emotional boundaries, and there's spiritual boundaries. And I think, honestly, like pertains to, um, to lust and chastity as well. It's not enough just to talk about not lusting, not giving into lust in a physical way where something's actually done sexually with another person or even with ourselves, right? But where it's not even what it, the Lord says, like, what's the, I'm trying to remember the scripture, but where he, and it's connected with the Sermon on the Mount where the Lord says, if you've connected or if you've committed lust, if you've lusted after a, a woman in your, in your heart, yeah. then you've already committed adultery with her. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. So it's not enough to just look at that, like a physical boundary. That's even an, an emotional boundary. Oh, good right? point. Good and point. A spiritual boundary. Mm. The same with chastity. Right. So it's not just like, okay, I grit my teeth and bear it and preserve, you know, reserve my affections f for the Lord without giving physical, um, sexual intimacy to another person. Like, no, like my mind and my spirit, you know, my emotions have to be ordered in that way as well. Right. We can't, yeah. we divide ourselves up. That's bad. Yeah. That's a bad thing to get into. <laughs> we we yeah, end up divided up from ourselves. Right. Right. And, and then, the, then what happens over a period of time, disconnection, leads to disorientation and then finally destruction and it just is like a downhill slide on a on a winter day on a sled you just keep moving going downhill 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 and then we lose a sense of who we are as a person we lose a sense of our value and dignity as a person and our relationships to others and their value and their right. dignity. Yeah. And all of that's rooted in the relationship we have with the Lord and his love for us and our love for him. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's again, when it, back to our connection principles, value being the next one I was going to go to. So you took us right there perfectly. Uh -oh. Go ahead. No, you took us perfectly because it, it, uh, it affects our ability to value ourselves and to value the other person when we've objectified them either physically or in our mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so. the fantasizing that uh, in order to grow in, in the virtue of chastity internally, we have to really put controls mm -hmm. and discipline. Self-control is the gift of the Holy spirit. Right. 
And so the temptations are always going to be there because of our nature, our human nature, and then and the our human nature that needs transformed. The, the temptations are going to be there. But what we, we need to do is make choices and decisions of overcoming those the negatives and the sinfulness. And then we 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 don't want to just always be looking at the negative sinful thing. We want to see how the positive is so beautiful right. because it's a gift from the Lord given to us to hold one another, men and women, in relationship and relationship to other persons. Then we develop the, the right set of boundaries and the relationships become healthy relationships. Right. Yeah. So exactly like on that note, like the fruitfulness of chastity, right. Which might be a, um, that might sound like an oxymoron to some people, but there's such a fruitfulness that comes from a life of chastity, even if it's, um, celibate or, you know, religious life kind of chastity and, Mm -hmm. and not chastity in a married state, there's still a fruitfulness because the person's left, um, free and more oriented towards the Lord and more able to value other human beings the way the Lord values them instead of for my own purposes in some way, shape or form. Right. And so now I can be given to others instead of looking to others um, to get my needs met. Yeah. Right. In in, In a disordered sort sort of of way. Selfish, unchaste way. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then, it's a dimension of dying to self, the, the 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 self that is not yet transformed, dying to self. And those when we practice chastity, we practice that virtue internally and also externally. What happens is we are transformed and we open the door of our hearts to more and more grace and intimacy with the Lord. And and, and what it does to us as a human person, it makes us whole makes yeah. us feel what the, our value and and the goodness of who we are in our relationships with God, with others, and with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I remember Father Augustine Donegan used to say that sexual temptation ends about six hours after you're dead and buried. <laughs> <laughs> about yeah, he would say something like that. He would say that often. He would often. I know, say that. I know him well. Yes. Yeah. That's that was a typical Father Augustine thing to say. Um, and yet, for those who are in their twenties and thirties, I would say hang in there because it does get easier. <laughs> it does <laughs> it does get easier. Thank God. <laughs> and, um, yeah. There's also a way that just living in the in any virtue builds on itself. Right. Uh-huh. It's like a muscle. It gets stronger. Well, you know. And it also gives the Lord opportunity to pour out more of his love and grace in our life. So it's got it as a number of different values that uh, you know, as we practice it, we grow and it's actually becomes a very maturing uh, dimension because blessed are the poor of heart, for they shall see God. And it opens our whole internal uh, being to a vision of God that is so beautiful and so profound and so hard at times as well. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, um, gosh, a couple of things come to mind. So with that scripture, um, blessed are the pure of heart, there's this quote, one of my probably absolute favorite quotes from C.S. Lewis um, that I heard once says, um, of course, God can say blessed are the 
um, that the pure of heart will see him. That's it. He says, of course, God can say that the pure of heart will see him because only the pure in heart would want to. Oh, yeah. And I just think like, wow, that's kind of, yeah. There's a true desire. True desire and true integration. True connection. Right? right? Within yeah. our person, that all of our yeah. persons oriented towards desire so, so for then, the Lord. So then we mature in human spiritual integration. And then our whole value as a person and our changes, and we enter more and more into being created in the image and likeness of the Lord who loves us so deeply and so dearly. Mm-hmm. And then so for as being known, we're without the shame of the lust, right? And that mm-hmm. that feeling of, of being dirty somehow. And then without that, then we're more able to expose our heart to the Lord. Right. Right. Who already knows us. We know he already knows us, but it keeps us from hiding in shame, yeah. you know? And so then we're able to experience that real intimacy. That's the real satisfaction mm-hmm. of the desire for intimacy instead of the counterfeit that lust is. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of working on these, <clears throat> on these against these vices and towards these virtues on our own, the idea is from a connection perspective to, if we're struggling with lust, to really seek the Lord out, be honest with him about that, not hide and know that he's, he has chosen us regardless of where we are in the journey of towards, towards chastity, Sure. that he's chosen us and that he knows us intimately and loves us completely regardless of what we've ever done. And, and he will continue to give us the grace to respond to the, the change of the transformation or the conversion that we need. And he'll give us the strength to handle the external practices like books and papers and, uh, uh, you know, the all the stuff on the Internet, that, that we will have a, a strength in our personality of control that coming rooted in our relationship with the divine. And it, it, it flows into our uh, choices and decisions in our relationships and what we think and what we say and what we do. And more and more, what happens is a deeper and deeper and more profound experience of love in its fullness, which includes love of the divine. Yeah, it it includes it includes a healthy self love too, right? Because when when we're operating out of shame, then there's this, um, yeah, in some ways, uh, like can be self hatred and and that kind of thing, right? Feeling somehow dirty, even though we might kind of give ourselves a free pass on behavior, you know, in moments of temptation, it seems like as soon as temptation is given into Satan's right there, you know, beforehand, he's right there saying, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Go ahead. You know, it's not a big, everybody's doing it. It's like, this is normal. Right. And then as soon as you give into temptation, Satan's there going, you did what? Like, that's horrible like how can you ever imagine that god would forgive you you're never going to be any good you're always going to be like that you're getting worse and worse you know you're not worth anything you're just not worth anything i i don't even know why you love yourself you know you always you you ought to go just hide in a corner and and melt away somewhere right right so it's he's why he's a liar and a cheat and he's out to destroy us and we don't take that into consideration in these little oh well I'll, there's just this time thing 
because he's he's very clever and very tricky and he wants to destroy us and we got to that's called spiritual warfare and we need to be very clear on that mm-hmm. father aiden aiden mulaney again one of your brothers mm-hmm. <laughs> i heard him give the best homily i ever heard i ever heard him give he was talking about if there's an area that you really struggle with you can you can rest assured that's the area that the Lord wants to, where he wants to like really kind of the most, like make you a saint, you know what I mean? And he Mm -hmm. really wants to glorify, like remember him talking about St. Peter and how St. Peter was a sand pile, (laughs) right? He was always sticking his foot in his mouth and he's always jumping to like, no, don't go and get yourself killed. Like, you know, and all the, he always had his idea of how things are impulsive. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, denying the Lord, even it, and yet, the Lord made him a rock, right? He goes from being yeah. a sand pile to being a rock. Right. Or St. Mary Magdalene, right? There's differing opinions on if she was the woman caught in adultery, but if she was, or even if she wasn't, we know seven, you know, many demons were driven out of her and, and that a big door to, um, to the demonic is sexual Im- Im- impurity oh. and immorality. So, yeah. And yet what we see in her life is such a single hearted, like complete love for the Lord, just absolute, complete and pure yeah. love for the Lord. Yeah. And this, uh, this, we just had yesterday was the feast of Margaret of Katona. Yeah. You know, she had a heck of a, a family life. Her father was so abusive and she had to get away her from it. Her stepmother was too. Yeah. Both of them. Mm-hmm. Huh? And then what happened is she, she got linked up with a lover and was in the situation. Long story short, you know, and she was in that relationship for a number of years. And one day he was out hunting and his dog came and pulled her and took her. And she knew that she needed to follow the dog and she followed the dog and the dog led her to his body. He was either murdered or killed in a hunting accident. And from that, that point on, I mean, she was just absolutely, and then made a tremendous, tremendous conversion. And, and it was, uh, Always looked for the friars. The Lord always would say, now the friars are over, living over here. You go and live there so that they would take care of her spiritually and help her grow. And she became a tremendous saint. I mean, her prayer is so beautiful and so powerful. And her reputation was just totally, totally transformed. And she was a very beautiful woman, very beautiful and very attractive. And she became one of the greatest penitent saints in the Franciscan tradition. Yay. <laughs> you know, I have a big soft spot for her. Um, I'm, I keep looking for this in, um, but what I, you know, for actually a write-up about this, but what I heard about that was that the Lord had appeared to her at one point and showed her her place in heaven and her place in heaven. He showed her was among the virgins and because of her past that you just described, um, she was, she was kind of, you know, baffled and she was like, Lord, you know, among the virgins like that, you know, and he said, that's how I see you. So, so again, like no matter what we've done, the Lord's ability to redeem, you know, with God, all things are possible. The fruit of our transformation comes right from the pure start of Jesus and the great love of the father. And it's called merciful. The love of God transforms us because he relates to us his love for us is merciful compassion amen 
Mm. Good stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a lot better to look at working on virtues and uprooting vices from a connection perspective instead yeah. of relying on me. Because if I'm left on my own to try to, you know, get rid of something as strong as lust, like, oh my gosh, who who could even like who could even start, you know, and like what do yeah. you why just we would yeah. just all give up before we start, but but really um sending our roots down deeply into the fact that we're chosen and known intimately and valued completely by the Lord who protects and provides for us, then the more we receive that love and just every other love or or imitation love just pales in comparison, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for this conversation. Pardon? Thank you for this conversation. Oh, you're welcome. I I think I think it's really it's it's at the heart of what the Lord's trying to do in in the hearts of young men and women in really leading them to understand their value and their future and their vocation and holiness and saintliness. Uh, there's a, there's abundant grace out there working in the hearts of our brothers and sisters who are committed to Jesus and live a, of a life in the Holy Spirit and experience the fruit of his goodness and his mercy and his tender care and love. Amen. Amen. So our, for our listeners, I just want to encourage you, if there's, um, if you're struggling in any way um, with, with lust or trying to work out understanding of chastity, just really encourage you to, um, to really seek the Lord on that, to really seek the Lord as the fulfillment of all your desires as um, instead of hiding from him out of shame, really seek the Lord the same way we go to adoration and his heart is exposed to us, expose your heart to him because he already sees and knows you intimately and loves you beyond what you could ever even begin to ask for or imagine. Well said, my dear sister. (laughs) Father David, I'll see you next time. Good deal. For our listeners, we just continue to hold you in, in our prayers and do you have any uh, uh, idea of what we're the next thing we're going to talk about with our brothers and sisters um next week will be anger and anger and patience Ooh, that's a biggie yeah yeah a lot lot of people feel angry and experience anger and and, yeah and patience can be a difficult Uh thing to work on (laughs) 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 it comes by having opportunities for being impatient (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. We hold you in prayer. Um, all of our listeners, may the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to Sacred Heart Healing Ministries. Dot com.